one of the greatest even financial risks to organizations today is just around the integrity of the leader and the tone that's set at the top. Those conversations began at a board level. None of us want to jump in and just say, oh, you know, we have all the solutions or we have all the answers. What questions do we have? And then from there, let's go ahead and poll the ECFA yeah. membership and let's do some research. And this was a survey just to CEOs of ECFA members okay. and also board chairs. Yeah. So we were overwhelmed. To bookend this season of learning about leadership health, leadership integrity, we're going back. ECFA's president, Michael Martin, shares with us how ECFA's board started asking questions, which led to research, which led to more questions, which led to more research, more learning, and looking across the landscape. There's some key application points that Michael Martin wants to bring to your attention that ECFA is implementing here, and he prays and hopes that you and your organization can implement yourselves for your health and God's glory. Stick around. 94% of organizations, board chairs and CEOs agreeing that issues around failures and leadership were having a negative impact on trust. Even for our board to say, there are some areas where we can do more. Love this. We can do better. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of ECFA's Behind the Seal podcast. We're coming to you um, right in November uh, during a month where uh, lots of us are reflecting with gratitude on God's goodness in our lives. And uh, it's with that idea in mind that we're even taking an opportunity today to kind of go behind the seal and do a look back at this most recent season with so much gratitude for um, all of you who've been listening and tuning in and also all of those who've been joining us as our special guests as we've been diving into this topic around leadership integrity, the health of the leader, and just how that has such an important impact on trust in an organization. And so today, like I mentioned, it is a very special episode. I'm excited to have with us today um, ECFA's very own, our media producer, Josh Wyckoff. Uh, Josh, uh, so grateful, so thankful for your work making Behind the Seal possible. It's Thank great you, to man. have you with us today. Oh, man. How the turntables have turned, as <laughs> some people may say. Yeah, yes. brought me out of the shadows into the light. So I'm not sure if I'm thankful or not. We'll we'll figure that out. No, I am. I'm very. It, this is exciting. Um, we have experienced a lot this year. A lot of thought leaders. Yeah, and we've learned a lot. Um, and looking at the reflection, I'm man. I'm just drawn back to it. Really, a year ago this time, you came to the comms team and you said, "I'm thinking 2023." is is the year of of leadership health like let's talk about that and we're like okay like <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah uh what are your thoughts and so you you really revealed to us with the ethos that is this podcast i think is behind the seal behind the scenes ecfa leadership ecfa had been learning had you been in the trenches and you have at times daily thinking about this talking about this give us a run back of of kind of this whole topic of leadership health and integrity when did it start and what i guess what prompted you to to make this a full year to to talk about yeah what a year it's been Man. right yeah well before i answer that question i was going to say just for fun too is going to say you know welcome your first time being on the podcast but actually i mean you're present on each one of these so for those who are listening kind of those pieces that's at right. the beginning and the end that's you right play such an integral part. oh i i appreciate that it, it has been fun to try to summarize with an intro and outro and for those of you yes this voice is sticking around the whole hour this episode <laughs> so you don't get just 30 seconds at the beginning and end so whether that's good or bad you, you can decide that later but <laughs> it's a great thing i'm so glad everyone's having the chance to get to meet you yeah and, appreciate uh, that yeah, I mean, you mentioned just even some ideas and vision that, that I would have around this topic. But I would say, I mean, you've been such an integral part of that, our, our whole communications team as well. But yeah, I think in, in answering that question of kind of how did we get here, I guess, before really that the journey began going back two or three years ago, even within the ECFA boardroom. And, mm. you know, that's even kind of an interesting story too, right? And that ECFA, we talk a lot about just the importance of boards and governance and how that is so essential to the ministry of any organization. We certainly experience that. And I think these conversations around leadership and the impact that leadership has on trust in an organization 
yeah, really just began even at a leadership team level and with our board of saying, you know, we all, uh, I think all Christians, you know, we kind of see some of the, unfortunately, some of the news that's out there, some of the stories of leaders that have fallen or not even just that, but maybe even leaders who are burning out or mm-hmm. leaving the ministry and caused us to reflect, I'd say, and this ask some questions around when it comes to leadership, the impact that that has on trust in an organization. Certainly we see all the time here too at ECFA, we'd say that one of the greatest even financial risks to organizations today is just around the integrity of the leader and the tone that's set at the top. So uh, those conversations began at a board level, I think caused us to, none of us want to jump in and just say, oh, you know, we have all the solutions or we have all the answers. So we actually went from there to say, what questions do we have? And then from there, let's go ahead and poll the ECFA membership and let's do some research. And so Dr. Warren Bird on our team kind of assisted the task force with that. What's so cool, Josh, is putting out this survey. Um, And again, this was just a couple years ago. Interestingly, also kind of around this time of year, Mm -hmm. uh, around the holiday seasons, to be honest with you, I was not sure. Uh, just with the timing of the survey, yeah. we're asking people these questions, but yeah, what, what will people think? Will they care? It's also around the holidays. People are busy, you yeah. know, they have yeah. a lot going on, but we were overwhelmed by the response that came back from, and this was a survey just to CEOs of ECFA members okay. and also board chairs. Yeah, And uh, we received nearly 800 responses to this survey just no within- way. Yeah, within a matter of days. So without wow. all the reminders, without yep. all the things. Yep. And there were some findings from that survey that actually led us to even more questions. Uh, not only some great observations, but more questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think even just a big motivator in the spirit behind this most recent podcast season was to say, okay, we've touched on something that a lot of people in the ECFA community really care about. That's exactly right. But yeah, we have a lot of questions. We feel like we still have a lot to learn about um, what is the impact on trust? What kind of practices do organizations have in place? What What are leaders looking for? What are boards looking for? And so that survey led to a lot of statistics, but then we know there's always stories behind the Mm -hmm. statistics. And so in that survey, very interesting kind of open-ended comments that were left and Anyway, all kind of led us on this journey of saying there's more stories. And so over this past year on the ECFA podcast, you know, we've brought some of the best and brightest, you know, and friends of ECFA to speak into this topic and really just share their stories in the spirit of helping us learn so that we can also then in turn help the rest of the ECFA members who seem to really care so deeply about this topic. Yeah, that's what I've been blown away by is is the response when we started talking about this of how, what is ECFA's position to talk about this? How does it have to do with fundraising or governance or financial integrity? And everyone's like, you guys are the perfect people to talk about this. And even from within staff, it's like, I'm expecting maybe to make a video on fundraising, like I say, some best practices, you know, but how much we've grown to care because we realize how, fundamental and key it is for leadership integrity is like you say for the financial integrity of and they're tied so closely and it's it and because we are believers followers of christ we want to be more christ-like it all ties together so well that's what i think is just so exciting about this topic is that it's it's what we were already doing and then it's it's what our faith is based on so we're just we're trying to build build up these leaders to to follow the seven standards of financial responsibility. It's, it was a beautiful thing. I think it was just, it's not, uh, it wasn't natural for me at first, but over the year, I've, I've kind of been blown away of, oh, I'm a cheerleader of this more than ever. So it's, it's just been fun for me personally. Same here. Yeah. I have to be honest with you. Uh, again, as some of the, even those conversations were happening in the ECFA boardroom at first yeah. around this topic, it's like, okay, just really grasping how does this fit with the mission of ECFA? How's it even connected to financial issues? And I think through the survey work we've done, yeah. certainly through the podcast, you yeah. know, we've seen all that. And um, maybe even just a couple of important disclaimers too, for sure. what it's worth sure. that I think are just important around this, just so folks know our heart too, which is um, we we also never set out 
here in this journey that we've been on to, to learn and even to have some recommendations, you know, for organizations or guidance in this area. I think just important to communicate, certainly ECFA has not set out on this to be like a moral police or like a regulator of behaviors, you know, of leaders. Uh, but it's really to say, what is it that we can do to kind of come alongside um, leaders who, again, are facing some very unique challenges and burdens? It can tend to be a very isolating role. Uh, but what are those things that as an organization and in particular kind of boards of organizations, what can they do to come alongside and help a leader even in their own personal commitments? Uh, because it does come back to even individual responsibility, of course, you know, um, but what are those things that we can have as kind of support structures to be able to help leaders and provide a level of care and support and all. So anyway, I just want to make sure that that message is really communicated that that's not our heart at all is to step in or even to say the ECFA has all the answers or that based on what we would learn that somehow we're going to come up with a magic bullet or a solution that's going to solve all, you know, sin issues, for example, like on this side of eternity, that's not it. Um, but it really is just to say like, yeah, again, recognizing how important leadership is to uh, the finances of an organization, to the trust in an organization, what is it that we can do uh, to be proactive and to provide a level of care and support? And maybe this will come out in one of the clips. I don't know. Um, you're kind of surprising me with what we're going to watch here. So I don't know all of them, but I think just to even be succinct, right? And sum, summing it up is, um, you know, it's been said like, as the leader goes, so goes the organization. And as the soul of the leader goes, like, so goes the leader. And so just as we look at, what is it that we can do proactively? I know a lot of where we've landed is just how can we help the leader in being proactive in supporting their integrity in that whole sense, like integrity um, holistically, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, like that sense of integrity um, being not just outward behaviors, but also just kind of the health of the leader as a whole person. And so we've really been on that journey of how do we support that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we have been very fortunate to have some amazing thought leaders in this space and like you say learning we have learned from some of the best and so we want to just take a moment to go over some of the top moments from these uh guests that we've had over the season and just give a little takeaway what, what we think about it so first up uh david kinnaman um from the barna group he brings the data he brings it hard so let's take a look all right so I just I would encourage leaders that those who we, we actually saw really interesting patterns in the data, those who were the least likely to want to quit were also the ones who were most likely to attend to these issues of soul care and realizing that they have to, you know, work on themselves and be worked on by others who care um, in, in, in really open-handed ways. And I think those are some important themes that we saw compared to those who were, you know, willing to quit. We actually saw a, a lot less prioritization now it's correlation, not causation. Um, but there's a lot of really important trends in the data that tells us that when we pay attention to our, our inner lives and put ourselves in a community where we're, we're actually surrendered to them and want to see, uh, them help keep us in the game. There's actually, there's actually some real power in saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not enough to do this work only, only through God's grace and through the power of other people around me. Can I do that? David, work? that's really rich and profound that those, let me just say it back to make sure we're hearing you right. Those who are the least likely to quit are the ones who are, we're not doing causation, we're just doing correlation, are the ones who are most likely to be in some kind of self-care or spiritual direction. And the opposite, those That's who right. are most likely to quit uh, or say they're going to quit are are not having that level of self-care. Man, that that's eye-opening. The idea that uh, correlation doesn't mean causation, but it means something. It's my takeaway from that. What are your thoughts here in those statistics? Well, I so appreciate it. What a great conversation yeah. with David. And we just appreciate so much the work at Barna. And it was exciting. I think he was the first guest, right? He was. That, yeah. that we were able to have on this season. So we're going all the way back to the beginning here. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's key and just a takeaway for me coming out of that conversation with David is I know part of our motivation in talking with him was to say, okay, we conducted this internal ECFA survey and, you know, again, got a great response and it happened to come from 
board chairs and CEOs of ECFA member organizations, but also from a data standpoint, can we verify that a lot of those same felt needs and a lot of those same even conclusions or desires that people have in this area, is this also outside of the, <laughs> the even though ECFA is a large community, like yeah. is this true across yeah. the body of Christ? And the data that David brought was just so rich. And I would encourage anyone who's um, just inclined even in that way to say, okay, this isn't just something that the folks at ECFA just kind of think is great, but like the statistics really support that um, we do have an issue on our hands, but not only that, I love that in the data that he shared, there's also hope, mm. which is for leaders that prioritize kind of that proactive care, their own spiritual formation, being part of uh, communities and support structures where they're able to help navigate leadership well, mm. there is that higher likelihood of success. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And and Barna, I thought he did such a great job of summarizing the whole scope of Barna's work and how that does as well point to trends of healthy leadership affects the the Christian landscape. Yes. They, they zoom out and they, they have such a, a broad reach that looking at when they, it, look that conversation, I highly recommend it, looking at different generations and even he gets excited about change and maybe the change in the American church and how that looks. He talks a lot about maybe more bivocational pastors in the future and to, and to kind of summarize all that they see and say, wow, healthy leadership is fundamental to, to trust of how people look at faith leaders in a community. Maybe, I love this part, he said, sure, people end up on social media. They they look at maybe celebrity uh, pastors. It's just it's going to get in front of us on screens. But the trust is on the local level. They still go to the local. That's right. I thought that was found fascinating. So it's key. Next up, Carrie Newhoff. Um, watch this. People had been telling me for years I was going to burn out, and I didn't believe them. And I thought in my head, pride, that's for weak people. That's for people who can't hack it. I'm not one of those people. I'm strong. I can do this. You know, I'm the exception to the rule. And you're always the exception to the rule until you're not. And so it's like my body went on strike and my mind went on strike. And it was awful. I was probably clinically depressed that summer. And... Gradually, little flickers of light started to come back, but I spent the next three to five years getting back to normal, but also realizing that my normal was dysfunctional. That if I went back, because when you're sick like that, and people who have burned out know what that feels like, it's awful. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But you're, you're like, I just got to get back to normal. But then the light started to dawn, and I'm like, wait a minute, normal got me burned out. If I go back to normal, like this is going to happen again in a month or six months or a year or five years, and I don't want it. So I started to become a student as I got like to 70, 80% functioning and I could like do my day job and, and people didn't on the outside, you didn't really notice a difference, but on the inside, I still felt pretty broken. Um, I started to study, okay, how, how can I make sure this never happens again? So I read books, I got coaching, I got counseling. I listened, I don't think I listened to podcasts. It was sort of pre-podcast, but you know, it was like I was just voraciously consuming information to try to figure out what I needed to do. And by about year five, I got back to 100%, but it was a new normal. And I've been living that for, well, 15 years now. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. It just, it just works. So I haven't burned out. I get tired. Like I've had a really busy stint as we're doing this interview, but I know I'm not burning out. I know I'm just, I'll get a good night's sleep tonight. I got one thing on tomorrow and I fly home and I'll be good as gold tomorrow night. I've become a student of my body, a student of my limits, a student of uh, what I can't do. And ironically, by focusing on where my limits are, I've accomplished way more in the last 15 years than I did in that decade and a half lead right now. So, Carrie, giving us a really um, transparent look at his story, which was his his rise as a local pastor and then finding burnout and then recovering from that, looking at the wisdom he has here of knowing your limits and not wanting to go back into what he was doing before. And yet at the same time, I think that looking in the future, Kerry's crushing it. Like it's not that he's stopped in any way in ministry. In fact, he's 
has one of the biggest leadership podcasts in the world. And oh yeah, I want to say that success and health are not mutually exclusive. You can be successful <laughs> and as well as being healthy, you'll be probably more successful if, if you have healthy and know your limits. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Um, and eventually where there's the lack of health, it is going to show up and it will impact the quote success. But it is interesting how even for a period of time, a certain quote level of success can mask health. But boy, Kerry just really brought that out. And I was so excited to have him on. Like you mentioned, not just his his own personal story. I mean, it is so compelling. There's so much wisdom that came from that. I do see him as a guide in a sense of someone who would be willing to say to leaders who are listening of like, I've been there before. I've walked in your shoes. This is what I experienced. Thank God for his grace, you know, and look sort of where it's, um, where it's landed and how God has used him. But I almost see him as kind of that voice of someone who's journeyed along. And that speaks to, again, another reason why I was so thrilled to have him today. I mean, look at this, you know, someone who has one of the top leadership podcast today. I mean, who doesn't listen to Carrie and just all of the great wisdom that he has? But I feel like by having him on our podcast, we're able to even just glean from the wisdom of all the conversations that, that he's having all the time, you know, with other leaders. And so we were able to ask him some really great questions about that, not just, again, from his personal experience, but what has he seen across the landscape uh, as such a respected leader who talks with so many other leaders, you know, what is it that he's seen? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. He's well aware of the climate and yeah, he's a hero for that. He is. Yeah. And then I'll never forget that line that he shared that was part of that clip too, that says, you know, we can all have the tendency to think that we're the exception to the rule until we're not. And, you know, I take that to heart. I know we, we do here just in all humility to say, uh, because it can be tempting to just kind of think like, okay, I can just muscle through or I can do one more thing or add this to my plate or um, it's okay if there's something that I'm struggling with or wrestling with. I can handle that on my own. Like I'm the exception to the rule. I don't need all of that. But I think Carrie just brought some great truth with that, that we all need to have that level of humility in approaching a topic, a conversation like this and just say, you know what? None of us are really the exceptions to the rule. Like we're all, you know, um, sinful by nature. We're humans. We're not perfect. And so um, there is this level of even embracing our own humanity in this conversation that I just thought Carrie really brought that truth. Absolutely, man. I think weekly I have that thought, oh, I can do it. That, that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, man, humbling. Um, Ruth Haley Barton was recommended how many times? You got to get. Her oh, that's on. right. You got to get into that on. survey. Yeah, yeah, one of the top resources that people said someone who is already just such a wise voice and helping them out in this area was Ruth Haley Barton. So yeah, we yeah. we had to have Ruth join us this season. Take a look at her clip. So we actually talk about tiredness as a continuum that there yeah. is refreshed and replenished, where you really are doing ministry out of. Uh, a replenished self and soul, a soul that's connected with God. Then there's good tired, which we all move in and out of. Um, when we give our all to something, a new initiative or something like that, or, you know, there are seasons that can be really intense, but um, we know how to come back into our practices that bring us back to a place of rest and replenishment. And then we don't emerge again until we've been refreshed and replenished, that we come back out, do good ministry. And the healthy leader is living within that part of the continuum between refreshed and replenished and good tired. So it's always, always moving in that part of the continuum. Now, dangerously tired, you know, it starts to creep up and it moves over to the right. And that's when leaders are not living in sane rhythms of work and rest. They're not living in sacred rhythms. They're not caring for themselves. And over time, in a cumulative sort of way, they begin to move towards being dangerously tired, which has a set of symptoms that go with it a set of sources that go with it. Um, and so we just start right there, helping leaders to learn how do I keep an eye on myself and make sure that I am always within this the healthy range between 
good, tired, and refreshed and replenished, which means that you have sacred rhythms in your life. It means you have rhythms in your life that help you come back from your tiredness and you don't come out again until you've refreshed and replenished. And that's the way you stay in that good space. Coming back to be refreshed and replenished. I love that. I do too. You know what it makes me think of is if we need... What better example than Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. Not to give the Sunday school answer, but no, I think uh, Ruth and we were able to talk with her about her latest work again, and, and, and folks recommended her based on so many great things that she's written over the years, but what great timing even too that we were able to talk with her coming out of this new book that's on the rhythms of Sabbath um, and even sabbatical for sometimes you need those extended, more extended periods of rest wonderful resource, by the way. But I love how in that conversation, she really beautifully kind of translates even some of those principles, again, that even Jesus practiced um, to the modern day leader and how we need to take those times to be able to step away and to be refilled and to be refueled um, in order to pour out. You know, so much of ministry is, again, just that constant pouring out. So if we don't ever take time to rest, which is God's idea to rest, to in our dependence on him, to be able to receive from him in a way that allows us to pour out to others. We're just missing something that's so critical. I mean, we're really being disobedient. I mean, just to be, yeah. to be honest. And I know we've all been there. Absolutely. We've all been there. And, and absolutely. And that's why, I mean, how is the Sabbath a commandment? Well, it's the Sabbath. I love how she says this. The Sabbath is made for us. We are not made. For the Sabbath. It is it is for us to find that replenishment and rest. Oh, so that we can, I love this. It's it's so that we can work. So we can work well. Because we are, I mean, we are motivated to to work hard, but if we don't stop, then we, we can't work well. So that's exactly right. And I appreciated how she brought that out. And I think she used the picture of even kind of a continuum, mm-hmm. but it's not to say that uh, work is evil, uh, but we hold that up as a virtue in the yeah. same way that we hold up the importance of finding those regular rhythms of rest. That's right. So, yeah, we were so blessed to yeah. be able to have Ruth join us. Yeah, highly recommend that one if you haven't listened yet. Um, Man, I, I thought the next one here, what is, just leave this, what is unhealth? I thought this was a great answer from Glenn Packham, one of our guests. What is unhealth? Unhealth is uh, something that is good and pushed to the extreme. It's pushed to a place of being um, of, of un- unhealth because it's not in um, tension with other pieces. And so maybe we have this kind of misconception that actually a healthy leader is someone who only is after, is only pursuing a good thing. That's not true. You can pursue a good thing in the wrong way, or you can pursue a good thing while ignoring 10 other good things. So you can pursue church growth and ignore the pace that you're living with, or you can pursue um, an encounter or an experience with God and ignore uh, our, our, the need for our rootedness or for a quieter kind of spirituality. So there's, you know, there's thousands of examples there. Yeah, the tension of doing good things in balance with other good things. What, what, what a great summary, man. He nailed it. That's right, because I think, Josh, sometimes when we hear that word unhealth, yeah, it's like things that come to your mind would be, I don't know, evils or vices. Of course. Bad things. Um, I don't know. I think our minds just naturally- Vices, vices, vices. Yeah, Yeah, would go Uh to that place. But I really appreciated what Glenn brought out in that comment and just that whole interview. Mm -hmm. That was definitely a highlight. But just to say that we can get to a place of unhealth by pursuing good things without being in the right, without having the right parameters around them. And it makes me think of, I mean, so many other gifts from God. You think about even in the natural world of like water or fire, like some of the essential elements that are good and they're so needed. But I mean, if you think about kind of untamed fire or uncontrolled water, (laughs) like the damage that can come from that. And so I think for a lot of folks that are in kind of a leadership position, there are so many good things that can be pursued, but if it's not in God's design or if there's not healthy parameters around it, um, and again, those might be things that either the leader is bringing personally or 
coming back to uh, a lot of what we've learned and recommendations we would have within kind of our sphere of work of even having a board or another group come alongside a leader and just help them be able to see some of those things yeah. from an outside perspective of let us kind of help you. We see that you're spending a lot of time on, you know, this new initiative or maybe you're traveling, which is is a good thing, but it can be taken to an excessive level or yeah. you could go down the list of examples, but I think there's so much to take away from the wisdom that mm -hmm. Glenn had for us there. Yeah, very much so. And the the mirroring of our own spiritual life that, and the evil one loves for us to uh, overdo a good thing, takes God's creation and manipulates it. And and then idolatry happens. Oh, and, and then what was good ends up being for being worshiped instead of worshiping the creator that made it. Oh, and it's, it's just tied directly into the how, how sin and the evil one just want to take what God makes and, and twist it. And so that's absolutely yeah. right. I mean, yeah, you think of so many of the examples again of just leaders who we have all known and respected and have encountered challenges or even those that are facing burnout or leaving the ministry yeah. to come back to um, the statistics that, that David was sharing from Barna. Mm -hmm. It's too much of a good thing can lead us to that too place. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Um, let's jump in. Good fruits that will last from Jed Medifin. Yeah. You know, I mean, on the one hand, of course, you can squeeze blood out of a turnip for a little while, right? And you can motivate people by by fear or guilt or by by financial, you know, hey, you know, if you just burn the candle both ends, you'll make tons of money, right? You can squeeze those things out of people for a while. But in the long run, in the long run, the fruit of that is going to be bitter fruit. You know, you're going to have irritated people, angry people. You're going to have dissension in the team. They're going to run out of good ideas. There will, you know, there will not be the creativity. There, there will... All of the, the fruit over time, it will not last, right? right? Right. But when it is it is fruit that is grounded in in a healthy soul, meaning, you know, body, mind, spirit, relationships with others, then good fruit is going to grow out of that, right? And so just like a, a healthy or a good farmer, a farmer knows he can't, she can't produce good fruit, right? He can't pull an orange out of his ear, but he knows that he is called to participate with God in the cultivation of healthy trees, and so that's how I see our role as leaders is when, when we sit down, just like a good farmer, we're thinking, what are the things that I can do, the practical things to participate with God in his cultivation of the health of the, the team members I lead? And just like we do with our external strategic plans, with let's put down on paper a particular plan for caring well for the health of our team members and in each of the spheres of life. So we're all kind of farmers, aren't we? <laughs> I never thought of myself as a farmer. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah. From a rural area, but I never considered myself a farmer. Yeah, yeah. You know, participating with God mm -hmm. in the cultivation of the health of our team. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like we, we are not capable of producing fruit. It's a natural consequence of what was in the soil. And so, yeah, again, partner with God to put good stuff in the soil and to see what he brings out of it. I, I just love that. It's so common sense, but yet it's hard to get to naturally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I will say <clears throat> personal privilege or it was selfish on my part. I'm not sure whatever label it is that you want to put on it, but having Jed on the podcast, uh, you know, that one was just really important to me because Jed has been one of those voices in my life. Mm too, of just a leader who uh, I would consider a peer in many ways and just a brother and so much wisdom to learn from him, uh, but the way that he's been able to encourage me personally. And I think it was over, it was a lunch or a meeting that we were a part of at some point. And this would have been even in the early stages of what we were talking about here at ECFA on this topic, but for him to share about what the Christian Alliance for Orphans, CAFO, had in place I think in a large part, just with his vision and the team around him of this strategic plan for thriving souls. I'd yeah. never heard of yeah. something like that yeah. in another organization or taken to that level. So I knew when we were putting together the list of people that we wanted to talk about, it's like, Jed's got to be there. Mm -hmm. And it was so wonderful to be able to hear from him. And I do think one of the keys that he really brought was how 
because in our conversations, we do talk a lot about, okay, what does the interaction look like between the board and the senior leader and all of that? But this was a great opportunity to bring home too that we do see a much bigger vision for this too, which is we see a ripple effect that should take place throughout the organization because right. it's not that we hold leaders in a particularly, you know, I don't know, special place or high regard or, I mean, they're brothers and sisters in Christ like all the rest of us. But when leaders have that level of care and support and that's taking place for them at a board level, how they can then translate that down and say, okay, we want to make sure that these same principles apply and in the case of Christian Alliance for Orphans, like we even want to have a strategic plan for how we're going to make sure that this is happening throughout the rest of the organization as well, which yeah. is just awesome. Yeah, I love that. the The health of the staff is vital and foundational, and and a consequence of the health of the leader and the intentionality that he had there. I love that. And it was fun to even have Jed come. Uh, another kind of behind the seal moment was Jed was able to come and even share with our group this year at the ECFA staff retreat, which yeah. was such a blessing that for a our treat. team to get to hear from him. It really was. He's a great communicator. Man, so this year we learned quite a bit. And how would we say it? We have summarized it here at ECFA, and I think there's some pretty reasonable application points and takeaways that you could probably encourage our listeners in right now. That's right. And I'll tell you, going back and just even listening to some of these clips, it did remind me of like how much we have learned and taken away. And I think sometimes it can actually feel like when you take in that volume of information or, um, I don't know, the wide scope of it, maybe it does feel a little bit overwhelming or just even like where to start. Um, But I will say, I think there are some really practical things Mm -hmm. that organizations can do. I will say some things ECFA has even instituted and started right. doing yeah. as a result of what we're learning, which I'm happy to share about those too. Um, and then I will also say maybe with the, um, also the, thanks for tolerating all these disclaimers. Maybe that's the attorney and me. I don't know. They're they're known for disclaimers, <laughs> right? But it's also it depends, to say, right? yeah. it depends. Yeah. Um, but no, there is some truth in that even in a in a topic like this to say, there's not necessarily a one size fits all. And there are definitely cultural considerations to keep in mind. Governance looks different in many different scopes uh, and contexts. But I think just two very practical things that I think all organizations really could start doing if they're not doing already. And some of this connects the dots back to the original research that we did Mm -hmm. to see, okay, while 94% was actually the number, 94% of organizations, board chairs and CEOs agreeing that issues around failures in leadership were having a negative impact on trust. And so 94%, when do you get that kind of an agreement rate on anything these days? But there was that strong agreement, but then at the same time, there there was voiced in the data that came out of that, not a lot of practical things that are being done in order to be proactive in this area. So I'll just suggest two, um, which is one, it does come back to, again, I think for every organization to have those, what are your written biblical character expectations for leaders? That sounds like such a simple thing to say, but I think we were surprised even in some of our research, um, how many organizations don't have something like that in place. Um, And you may call it points of accountability. You may call it a code of conduct, whatever it may be, but just make sure that that's in place again, for the leader. And then I think too, making sure that there is a level of accountability with that as well, with the board, at least on an annual basis, in the same way you'd have a lot of other annual conversations of just checking in on that and saying, mm-hmm. you know, how's it going? I mean, in the same way that, you know, maybe a boss or a supervisor as they're working with an employee on basic kind of accountability things. Yeah. Um, so again, I think that's a really helpful starting point um, because it also articulates and, and it serves as that good reminder of what is it that we're aiming for from a character standpoint? Again, knowing no, no, none of us are perfect, but what is it that we're aspiring to and what are those standards that we're looking to hold up uh, for our organization? So that's number one, just a very basic, um, I think a basic encouragement around the issue of character for leaders. And then, you know, secondly, this will probably be no surprise to anybody who's been listening to the podcast this season, but another C word, which is care. Mm. 
And that's one where I would actually say it's turned out to be the very dominant theme in so much of what we've talked about, but it's not necessarily where at the beginning of this learning journey that I thought where we might have even landed. Mm. But I think there is something that's really to that because we can all think about the outward behavioral issues and like character from that standpoint of what we just talked about before. But I think where a lot of the gold is buried in this area or how do we be proactive, it is in giving that proactive attention to the health of the leader and their soul, like, or, and even just holistically integrity again as a whole person, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all dimensions, all aspects. But something that's very simple that I think a lot of organizations really aren't doing is to be able to, as we've held up in some of these other case studies and examples of success, is to say, even if it's just once a year, to have the board, or maybe it's a committee of the board, it's a certain group that you delegate out, that is having a conversation with the leader to say, um, what kinds of care uh, and support do you need for your whole, like holistic integrity, your health as a leader? And like, in what ways could the organization help facilitate that? Mm. And the answer to that question is gonna vary a lot for each individual leader and depending on stage of life that they may be in, or maybe it's a season of ministry. And so even having that conversation more than annually is probably helpful. Um, And again, in all of this, it's not to say that we think the boards of organizations should become like the leader's personal accountability group or whatever that may be. In in a lot of contexts, that that wouldn't be appropriate. But just doing those two things of focusing on character, the written biblical character expectations, the care for the leader, you know, as a whole person, I think that there's just tremendous potential there for what that might look like. Great starting points, like you said, yeah. And then the the future is it's a springboard for, for growth from there. I love that. I'm reminded, I'm not sure if this will fit, but when you when you do a marriage study and you've done 100 marriage studies in your life already, maybe you didn't learn anything new, but how good is it to go through the process of talking about it with your spouse? Like what, the, the actual act of talking about your marriage brings health to your marriage. It sure does. Yeah. The idea of talking about the health of your leader brings health to your leader. Like it's kind of simple. That's right. I mean, I think it really can just um, kind of surface things is probably the best word that I can think of that in daily life that we're just kind of going about, we're doing our leadership, we're doing our work. And sometimes like we feel the pain of that more acutely than at other times like sometimes it's probably more subtle Mm -hmm. and beneath the surface but just asking some of those questions like the value of reflection Mm -hmm. and maybe even in the words of some of the voices that have been on this season just to slow down long enough to have to respond to those kinds of questions it can cause like a real level of introspection and like oh that's a great point I didn't realize that was there in me or yeah, I could use that help or just how God can use the word from a wise person like in due season Mm -hmm. and how that can make a difference. And I know as we've even begun implementing, kind of incorporating in the spirit of, I guess, practicing what we're preaching. Yeah, that was my next question. Okay, yeah, at ECFA, like how I have even already benefited and um, experienced what we're just talking about, which Mm -hmm. is even the level of just some of those basic questions and what that can bring out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that, is that new here at ECFA for you? It is new. Yeah. Yes. I will say, so, and I've been in this, I'd been on staff with ECFA in, mm-hmm. in different roles for about 10 years before stepping into this role, um, actually in March of 2020, very right. interesting month yep. in the, right. the time of the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as the dust settled from some of uh, all right. of that, but as we began looking at even this topic of what our ECFA members are experiencing, I think- even for our board to say, there are some areas where yeah. we can do more. Love this. We can do better. And, you know, I've been a part of that as well and just suggesting some ideas. And yeah, there are some new structures that we have in place here too. And I guess that is the one benefit too of being able to like look across the landscape is you can kind of take bits and pieces, parts and pieces of what others are doing and say, this is what we, you know, want to put in place here. And so, It is something that's called a a committee on the president. It's a new committee that we've formed here at ECFA and the way we've structured it. And again, this 
this isn't in the uh, along the lines of advice to say everyone needs to do it like this because there are different ways of getting at the same thing that depending on their context, it might be better to do it differently. Yeah. But in our case, it was to say that we want to have this committee on the president that's having a regular interaction with me throughout the year. They have opportunities even with my wife, Brittany, and I, or even together yeah. to have interaction, um, even for them to be able to, on a periodic basis as appropriate, even just check in with other staff who are kind of working around alongside me as well. So they're getting a full picture, and it's not necessarily just whatever it is that I might be saying. Um, but I guess getting back to your question and, and some of what we were just talking about is there are also uh, some key questions that that group is asking mm -hmm. um, just to kind of prompt responses in me and um, just to unpack it even more. I know I feel like now I'm kind of... No. There's just like no, an onion, you is, know, yeah. all these different layers. But there are also some things that, you know, I've committed to and kind of put a plan together and say beyond just this committee on the president that's checking in, but like what are some of those other proactive things that I want to have in my life that are yeah. even outside this group? And that involves, you know, outside pastoring and just other things. But this committee on the president is there to kind of help provide a level of accountability and support to me in having that plan in place. And just a couple other logistical things, like we say that it's either current or former board members that are part of that group. Okay. And I love expanding it beyond just who's currently serving on the board because you can have relationships too with even former board members who have that level of you know care as a leader or maybe pastoral or fit well and that's their gifting and so that's how we've structured it and we're meeting on a regular basis they're asking some really good questions mm. and um, it's already provided such benefit for me questions if, I mean sorry to pry a bit but would you feel comfortable sharing maybe what some of those questions that they're asking you? No, I would be happy to. And uh, I had a feeling that you might ask. I mean, so, <laughs> no, I knew that we were going to be covering this topic today and even some reflections on what ECFA is doing. And again, I so appreciate the work of this committee that's doing it in a way that is pastoral and encouraging and uplifting. But again, yeah, at the same time, asking some really meaningful questions. And so uh, for anybody who's listening that might be curious, I'll just read, I think there's a handful of these and they change from time to time, yeah. but just some questions that would really, if you don't just gloss over them, they really cause you to think. And so things like, you know, what is going well with you in your family, work, personal? Are there any pain points, pinch points, or unusual stresses that you're experiencing? I think for me, as I reflect on that question, even just the word unusual stresses yeah. like really causes me to think because I think for all of us in any given day, like we're experiencing stress, but for unusual stress, you know, that's such a great question. Mm. You know, what are one or two areas in your personal time with God that are meaningful to you right now? That's a great question because if we're not slowing down to have that time with the Lord, we can't really honestly answer that question well. Um, how can we pray for you and your family, which that is such a gift, again, to to feel that level of support from people who are serving on the board that they would say, that question to me demonstrates there is truth in we care for you, Michael, more than just what you can do for this organization or the results or how things are going, but we really care about you and your family and we're showing that by prayer. And then again, finally, just kind of a last question here of, you know, are your daily and weekly routines in place? Things like time with God and your spouse and your children, getting into other areas too of recreation and exercise and rest and just holistically, are your daily and weekly routines in place? And that has been a great question to surface at times when I think we all have to balance kind of keeping, I, I keep, keeping, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right analogy of not necessarily like juggling the balls, but um, I think keeping just balancing all those dimensions of life. And that's such a great question to be able to ask and say, okay, has one of these particular areas gotten out of balance? Is it absent? To bring back that point that Glenn uh, Packian was sharing right. earlier yeah. of like, even just pursuing too much of like one thing can lead to the absence of other good things being pursued. So anyways, I share those questions in case they're helpful to you or others that might be listening. Wow. I love that. What I'm hearing is that ECFA 
is not necessarily practicing what we preach, but rather we're applying what we've learned. Better. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Uh, th- this has been an amazing year, Michael, and uh, I'm ex- I'm excited about next year because, like you said, it's a bit of a fire hose. There's a lot of there's a lot of great insights that we learned this year, and to flesh those out and to bring those to our members and our listeners, uh, I think will be really rewarding for everyone. So, stay absolutely, t- stay tuned, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned, and I think in that spirit of now we want to continue the application of that learning That's right. to maybe play off what you just said, which is. It doesn't end here, uh, but we're looking forward to going into next year and taking some of these principles that we've learned and issuing some guidance from ECFA on this topic for those who, again, have been leaning into this and saying, we, you know, we want more, like more of that will be coming and also just resources and taking, um, yeah, just this whole like fabric of all that we've learned and kind of stitched together. And then again, kind of taking some pieces out of it and saying, how can we help ECFA members yeah. and others in this area, we look forward to just continuing this journey. Love it's it. not over. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure. And again, just thanks to all those who have been so faithful to tune into the podcast throughout this season. As Josh and I have been uh, reflecting here on some of the past episodes this season, there's so much great wisdom. I think even for myself, you know, I've, I've heard some of these episodes more than once, but just to be able to go back and there's such great benefit of hitting the replay <laughs> button on some of these and continuing to learn. And so we hope that you'll check all of those out. And also just a very special thanks to for all of our guests who have been part of this season as well. Um, we're so grateful to have you with us as part of our podcast community and stay tuned as well. Between now and the end of the year, we have some other behind the seal moments that we're going to go into as well. Stay tuned. I want to read something for you. The founding ministries of ECFA understood this simple truth. How organizations treat financial transparency, board governance, and stewarding charitable gifts can create trust with their donors or break it irreparably. In today's world, demonstrating trustworthiness is more important than ever in effectively reaching the world for Christ. ECFA exists to help enhance that trust. That is straight from ECFA's website. I hope that you can see how that underlying principle is so rooted in everything Michael shared today. We hope that it encourages you, that you learn something, and we pray that you share this with ministry leaders that you know and apply it yourself at your church and ministry. We can all grow together to bring about a deeper accountability, a deeper trust. Thanks again for listening to the Behind the Seal podcast from ECFA. Make sure to go back and check out some of those episodes that we've referenced and linked to in today's episode. What a season it's been. We thank all our guests for their time and their heart and their soul that they poured into these conversations. Stay with us. We want to bring two more episodes this year straight from ECFA staff to give you the transparent look of just how ECFA operates, how we really do know it's a privilege that we get to see the landscape of accountability through our members and how we apply it to our own organization. So stick around, God bless, and we'll see you next time.